It used to be, do you know the Muffin Man? But on LinkedIn these days, a better question would be, do you know the Cookie Guy? Today, we're joined by none other than Grayson Hogard, one half of the dynamic duo behind Grove Cookie Company. What began as a fun side hustle in 2021 has quickly evolved into a mouthwatering B2B sensation. Grayson, along with his wife Marie, has turned their passion for crafting out-of-this-world delicious cookies into a thriving business. In 2022, they took the leap, moving their operations from their home kitchen to their very own production facility. The best part? These treats are just a few clicks away. Grove Cookie Company offers nationwide shipping, local delivery, and convenient pickup options. So get ready to indulge in this tasty conversation with Grayson Hogard on Lee2B. Hello and welcome to another sassy episode of Lee2B, the sassiest podcast for B2B. I have the most exciting guest today to talk about cookies, LinkedIn, and B2B. You probably already know who I'm talking about if you've been on LinkedIn in these past few days. But if you don't, Grayson is about to tell you who he is. So Grayson, thanks so much for for being here. Give me a really one quick sentence. Who are you? Well, Lee, thank you. Um, One quick sentence. We are Grove Cookie Company, and we love making your prospects and clients happy. I have never seen a company take over LinkedIn like Grove has done before. And to many people, it might look like overnight success, but I know that's not the case. You started this as a side hustle in 2021. Um, how I like to just start up like in, in the general concept of side hustles. I know you were working a, a transportation specialist job at a power administration uh, company, correct? So where did where did cookies come from 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 power transition? Yeah, so um, back in 2020, um, my wife was working from home. I was still traveling quite a bit. And towards the end of 2020, my wife was just, you know, I want a side hustle. And uh, lo and behold, she's not a baker, but for whatever reason, she started trying to make cupcakes. That morphed into cookies. She made the cookies that we currently have to this day, uh, specifically the Oreo cookies. And um, man, over the holidays, we just she got great feedback. I love the cookies. I like soft cookies. And um, man, it rolled in 2021. And she was like, I really want to start selling these. And I, I don't know why I went a little overboard, but, you know, got a website going, got our domain payment processor. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, an EIN number for just, you know, LLC, all the stuff you needed to really make your business legitimate. From the get-go, we did it in a weekend, and uh, January 31st, 2021, we launched. Yeah, pretty quick. Very exciting. And then yeah. at what point did you decide to make the, the full dive into the Grove Cookies? Yeah, um, well, the fun part is, is we still have our corporate jobs. So, yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we're having fun. But yeah, so I mean, the the cookies themselves, especially when we were doing this from home, uh, was time consuming and uh, a lot of weekends and just that sort of growth aspect. Because as twenty twenty one rolled along and we moved into twenty twenty two, 
we got introduced to the B2B gifting platforms that probably your audience is familiar with, Postal, Sendoso, Alice, ReachDesk. Things just started accelerating because we were just intertwined with the SaaS community. And uh, that was tough until we moved into our shop. And um, now we have a staff. That's what I really want to hone in on because we jumped to Postal, but most people who, or many people I imagine, who, you know, start baking and have a side hustle, start maybe selling to friends, and then they think about maybe doing like, a very consumer-facing business. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you do offer some consumer aspects as well, of course, but where did that decision to, to go B2B come from? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so going back to 2021, really within the first three weeks of starting, because you know when you start a cookie company or any bakery, really, from your house, you're just expecting people to come to your townhouse, you know, order cookies ahead, and really that just doesn't work. Maybe like the rare occasions you see on Instagram where someone blows up. That that wasn't us. We live in the suburbs. My buddy's dad is a really well-known wealth advisor in the community. He's a bunch of clients. He has an outstanding marketing strategy, which is sending gifts to his clients for either birthdays, anniversaries. Just he has the flywheel. It's just like on autopilot. And um, from a referral standpoint, it's it's wonderful. So when we made the cookies, I actually took them over to my buddy's house. Um, and he just literally asked me, he's like, can you ship these? And I was, my background's in logistics and uh, obviously a little confident in my shipping abilities. And so, yeah, we shipped them the next day. They arrived. He did an unboxing on FaceTime with me and he's like, dude, they didn't break. Let's, let's get this going and intertwine these into our birthday sendouts as long as we can hit the price point. And they, we hit a price point that they wanted. Man, you just you, you quickly realize the the impact of a B two B gifting company real quick when you like get enrolled in like a a five hundred client birthday marketing strategy for a year, right? So we're getting five hundred orders right there, boom, right off the bat. So we still didn't make like a full jump like commitment to B two B. Uh, until about six months later, I started picking up the phone, calling other wealth advisors. So nice. And do you remember the first, you just mentioned the 500 cookies. Do you remember the first time or first order where you were like, oh my God, we need to figure out how to produce more? Yeah. Um, that holiday season of 2021, that was that was uh, unique because we got a request for 300 half dozen cookies from another wealth advisor group who wanted those for a client uh, holiday gift. And again, we're here at the townhouse. This is where we still live. This is where it all started. And um, as you can imagine, 1,800 plus cookies for one client wanted it done within seven days. That's when you kind of realize, like, wow, this could be something legitimate and yeah you're just like okay residential oven you know your KitchenAid mixer we're gonna need to grind and that's what it was for six days straight yeah so we were shipping cookies out did you have to buy another refrigerator or something like where did you store all those cookies so we got a um a chest freezer put it you know in the garage frozen dough balls I mean that's really how you can produce cookies to scale is by freezing them and then when you take them out of the freezer let them thaw bake them ship them 
And uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's just how we figured it out because before then we weren't freezing the dough. So um, you just kind of have to uh, make adjustments and make it happen. And then in, in 2022, you made a big move. You moved your operations out of your home and into your production facility. Yeah. What was that like? And so yeah. um, just tell us a bit about moving into that, that operation and pr- facility. Yeah, th- that was a really interesting time frame, um, just in general, because after the holidays of 2021, we were like, oh my gosh, we cannot do holidays 2022 from here. Just at the rate we were growing, um, we were picking up more Wealth Advisor clients. So now we're you know averaging 40 orders a week. It was just, yeah, it was just, it was quite a bit. So the planning really started right after the holidays. We had just brought on a business consultant, business coach to really just iron out like our systems and processes. And for me really to start documenting them. And uh, gosh, again, my confidence was just a little too high. So, um, and it worked out, but really we designed it all ourselves, the bakery, we went and toured a, a commissary kitchen and kind of got a feel for what that like whole look and feel we wanted w- would kind of pan out, found a space. And then uh, the build out was a lot of fun because really, I mean, you're just designing a dream or a vision and um, putting it, you know, putting it out there physically. So um, it was a cool, it was a cool seven months or eight months actually. And then, um, yeah, so by August, we were pretty much moved into the shop, and then we launched soft opening in September, so grand opening too. Well, congr- congratulations! And I have to say, I have ordered many a cookies, and you guys ship really fast. I don't know if there's a secret you have, but you guys ship very fast. Yeah. Well, the beauty is, so um, in 2022, we got introduced to the um, gifting platforms. Postal was first. Uh, just a turnaround time that we hadn't really thought about, which is under 48 hours. And um, we built that into our systems and processes. So now um, with our team, they just know when an order comes in, it's like you have less than 48 hours to ship it out at this rate. We're like, we're at like a 14 hour turnaround time. So um, yeah, you kind of just, you know, again, the partnerships kind of motivate you to, uh, create the systems in general that that really are going to help you flourish and and people like yourselves people that have ordered notice that right so if you order today and we get it out today and then it's at your prospector client's door in two days using quick shipping it's like that that's really impactful rather than waiting seven or six days uh, for a gift to arrive plus you want cookies to be soft when they arrive so we use fast shipping and yeah, this is a better all-around customer experience. And that's also the driving force behind our business. It's the customers. The customers do this. Obviously, cookies are cookies. There's a hundred other cookie companies people go do. We have just been really focused on trying to improve our customer experience. And that's probably the quickest way you can do with any business is fast, accurate, efficient ordering. And um, yeah, it's just... Building the systems to do it. Yeah, and this is one of the questions because you said it yourself. There's so many other, you know, gift cookie companies, snacks yeah. out there, um, and this is not the time to be humble. 
what is it do you think about Grove Cookie Company that that just resonates with people that stands out? Um, just just again, me myself as a marketer, I was like Grove Cookie Company, I love it. <laughs> Boom. Um, what do you think is is the difference? I think the founder led sales aspect. So myself and my wife doing the marketing and the sales ourselves provided us the insights of what the market wanted. And then we got the feedback. So I think the feedback loop that we've created with the cookies, it's just unique. So we're shipping cookies on your behalf to your prospect or client. Your client or prospect gives you the feedback. You give us the feedback that they gave you. Or in LinkedIn's case, we just see people post it, right? So you're just starting to get like this like loop that's uh, reaffirming your belief about your product. When I jumped on LinkedIn back in 2021, I had really never even used my LinkedIn for anything. Uh, I didn't even have a photo. It was the resume website, right? It was the resume website, exactly. And I've been at the same job for 13 years. So it's like, I don't... I'm not going to use it to go anywhere else. Finding that, like, um, finding the voice on LinkedIn while simultaneously working with our wealth advisor clients and hearing their feedback um, from their clients because they get handwritten notes, just the older generation. They're getting like this feedback they never got before. So at that point, you're like starting to think about the cookies in a little different way, like as like a true client engagement product, not just cookies. Just with LinkedIn and how it moved and how it morphed, um, the financial advisor community is not very uh, prominent on uh, LinkedIn versus SaaS. I have a few friends that work in the tech community, so just kind of gravitating towards them, their connections. Um, I started my own little LinkedIn outbound strategy, and I just started weaving myself into the SaaS community. And really what we were doing at the time with our outbound sales strategy, I started like learning from marketers, sales leaders, um, individual contributors, just techniques, right? And anytime like someone provided like insight or information to me just by posting, you know, obviously not to me, I actually would reach out to them and just say, hey, thank you so much for the information. Like I'm new to this, love to send you cookies. Two things for that. Um, one, because I am appreciative and number two, they could potentially be a client, a customer, right? So it was a, people say it was a genius strategy, but I'm like, dude, I just like, I'm just doing what I like to do is say thank you. And I want to hear the feedback on the cookies because it becomes addicting over time. Um, like I'm addicted to it. I love it. I love hearing the feedback and success stories. So that 2021 time frame just kind of morphed itself. And then in 2022, being even more intimately intertwined in the tech community, we then got onto Postal. And so going back to your stories or your question is, yeah, it's just um, just believing in your product is really, has been a huge motivator for us. So I think to, to your hard work too is, is that major human element. I mean, when I did a few orders from Postal, you kind of immediately reached out to me on LinkedIn just to thank me for it. Yeah. Let me know you were putting my company's logo on it. Yeah. Um, and then you you engaged and liked with all the posts from the different influencers and micro influencers that were posting about it. So yeah. to me, it's you have the name, you have the face, and it's a difference. It works. We are operating in a very unique 
social media platform for just food in general. Food, generally speaking, is on TikTok or Instagram, right? So we're, we're uh, I like to call us a league of one there on LinkedIn because I don't see any other food establishment. Number one, not just posting food, but intertwining the food to benefit marketers like yourself, right? You're so going to start seeing some competitors now. You're going you're gonna to see some uh, yeah, people trying to copy I, you. I, I, I hope so because I think, I think it's fun. Um, you do, you can obviously outsource it, but it does help that we are founder-led, sales-driven. Um, so I actually understand where my customer or clients are coming from when they're ordering cookies because they're not just ordering cookies for themselves. They're ordering it for other people to drive hopefully a revenue outcome or from an awareness standpoint, like in your case, um, you had a great campaign where you're targeting micro-influencers and it did exactly, I mean, you almost ran the same, a similar playbook to what we ran earlier in the year, which is send cookies to really who anyone, I didn't really choose, but, um, and then they end up posting about it and Grove Cookie Company is kind of synonymous with LinkedIn and gifting in a weird way. Exactly. So, 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 so steal what I did, everybody. So... <laughs> Uh, my target was um, so our ICP sales and rev ops at yeah. enterprise companies. Um, very you know hard target to to reach. Very saturated market. Super competitive. So what what I did and what you should do is make a targeted list of your your target accounts. Obviously, tier them. Then also find out who are the influencers in that space. Whether they're agencies, advisors. Uh, they have their own newsletters or they're maybe just p prospects, you know, potentially. So send all of them, make a list and then choose a theme. So for me, it was don't be a cookie cutter sales leader. And thanks for breaking the mold in a cookie cutter sales world. Very easy theme. It wasn't just the cookie they were remembering. It was also the sales aspect and my message. People already knew Grove, obviously. So everyone was excited to get it. And then prospects would be much more willing to book a, a demo and spend some time if they're going to get some delicious cookies out of it. I know I would. So steal my playbook if you want more meetings, community people just tagging your company, your brand. Do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you bring a great campaign. And again, it's kind of fun when uh, a campaign like that works itself into LinkedIn because when you work with us, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So you get my little echo chamber. I'm reposting exactly. it. I'm commenting on it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's partnerships. I think that's the genius one thing. thing on your end too, though, is anytime a a marketer does this or a salesperson does this, yes, that company gets the the praise and the recognition, but Grove gets equal the equal amount, <laughs> if not higher. The first comments usually, yeah, I finally got, I finally got it, or it strikes again. So yeah. the genius thing, it's kind of like having the little link on the bottom of every website. Y you have that in any any post, essentially. Yeah, uh, gosh, I wish I could say I was like a, a genius in all this, but um, it, it just kind of happens in default, and it's literally kind of fits within my personality, which is be a little rambunctious i guess um and you made something that people wanted to get and wanted to post about they wanted to they had, they had that fomo involved there was it yeah yeah after that uh february to april wild craze 
where it was just like every day someone was posting or doing something about the cookies because we were we were sending out a lot of samples at that point. A little much, but um, yeah, we, I mean, we developed the brand brand for ourselves. So we've talked about Postal a bit, and, and that's what I used mainly to send out uh, my cookie gifts. Uh, you're also on Sendoso, Reach Desk. How, what was that? Any others that I should Alice shout out? and Zest. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Five. Shout out Alice and shout out Zest. Yeah. Five partners. So really cool. So Very fortunate. What is, what's that process like? I imagine not everyone can just be like, hey, get, put my product on there. Did they come to you? You to them? <laughs> Mutual? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So great question. So the Postal one. My buddies in tech, that was the platform they were using for their company. Um, their VP of marketing told me, hey, we want to start sending your cookies, get on Postal. Postal was kind enough to just let us on because I asked. I, we did have a very small LinkedIn presence at that point in 2022. Yeah, we were just kind of doing our thing. The Sendoso feature and, and onboarding came about in August, um, again, through just kind of marketing. Like we just started doing marketing. That's how I like to summarize it. We started doing marketing. And so Sendoso, some people at Sendoso noticed us. Um, again, we're a cookie company. Like we do do things differently, but they already have cookie companies, but <laughs> we were doing marketing. So it was just kind of, it was a, it was like a, a win-win for Sendoso to have us on there because now we're, you know, talking about, hey, we're on Sendoso. So that's bringing awareness to them. Funny story is I tried to get on ReachDesk after Sendoso and they said no, but uh, you fast forward to 2023 and marketing was rocking and uh, ReachDesk reached out to, to me to bring us aboard. That's when I really became a true believer in marketing, how that all worked out. Because again, at first they brushed me off. Like, who is mm -hmm. this? And then they came back company. to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Uh, it was just, yeah, I've just become more of like, I'm a marketer. I like, I really believe that, um, more than sales guy, even though I'm, I don't consider myself to be one. So, um, I really have got your founder. So whether you consider yourself or not, you're, you're all of them. I'm all of them. Yeah. Right. You wear all the hats. So yeah, Alice just kind of happened. I didn't even know how that happened. They have a different platform and then Zest. Um, was a really cool link between that VP of marketing that introduced me to Postal. He introduced me to the founder of Zest. And so um, that, that was a game changer because we started getting, with Zest, we have our own gifting links. So we can send, you know, I can send you cookies without your address. So I can send you a magic link. You plug in your address and there you go. Same so with that, Postal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gave us, uh, I call it the, the big dog tools made it uh, usable uh, from an individual standpoint. And so it accelerated our marketing strategy there for the, the, the tornado, if you will, um, when we were popping off. And so, uh, so obviously it's, it's big that you're on there just so more people have it, but yeah. to explain to um, non-marketers or, or non-sales people, the, the B2B process, every single tool requires 
procurement, from from security, uh, decision maker buy-in, getting every tool is is hard. So mm-hmm. it's not as simple for the marketing team at, at startups or companies to just be like, hey, I'm going to go and order cookies. It's not. We have to use the tool we already have or no. we have to go out and, and find a, a tool, vet, and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So my company is already using Postal. I can get these cookies on Postal easy barriers are done um i i was so happy when i saw it was on postal because i was like i don't want to have to go through that long process yeah so having it on those platforms is is super super major it's been a huge boost for our company because it just it just aligned with everything we were doing unknowingly just building on linkedin uh it only made sense that that it happened but again i wouldn't have known without my friends and the vp of marketing that told me about it and then kind of seeing the signals of like how it was accelerating immediately as we got on postal I was like whoa this is way faster than wealth advisor client birthdays um and 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 the cookies became more impactful right with driving conversations um for marketing or sales or customer success right very 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 fortunate and and appreciative to them. So one other thing that I especially, and I know a lot of other people do like about the, the cookies is that not only do you have a commitment to quality ingredients, but you have ethical sourcing. So one, could you explain what ethical sourcing actually means and in the cookie process specifically? Ooh, of course we do not control what the add-ins are, right? So Oreo, you know, Nabisco is going to do their thing. But um, from an ethical standpoint, we're using Bob's Red Mill flour. If you're a baker, you probably know who Bob's Red Mill flour is. That's a local, actual Portland company. You can either use inexpensive flour or you can use the better quality um, sourced ingredient flour. And that's what we do with Bob's. And then we use top quality chocolate. So we use Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli practices their own sustainability, own ethical sourcing. So we just jump on the back of those two companies and, and really we can, you have just two choices. You can go the cheap route or you can go the high quality route who's doing the extra work to make our product better. And that's what we chose to do. Um, you could save a lot of money by going with Hershey's chocolate and your generic flour, but we don't do that. So um, that's where the ethical sourcing comes into play. And that's why they're so delicious. We like to think so. One of the many reasons. One of the many yeah, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So sh- shifting gears slightly, and this is yeah. something that I'm not sure that many people know because I actually found this out by researching you, going to your LinkedIn. You had an extensive career in the the army. Yeah. I understand you were deployed in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and then you you served as a, a military police for about a decade. Correct? Yes. So the reserves works its way to seeming like a lot longer than it than it is Um, because your contract is eight years. You do all reserves, you know, that kind of just pans out that way. It was a great experience. Um, Very fortunate. I did it. You know, the deployment was unique because I did detainee operations. If you're familiar with like shows like Locked Up, um, basically a prison guard. In Afghanistan, very unique and very upfront what was, you know, going on there. So um, 
yeah, unique perspective and nothing better than getting deployed at 21. So, <laughs> Um, well, I, I won't go yeah. into the details there. I was really more curious of how anything you learned in the army would yeah. maybe apply, whether lessons, insights into just being a founder or, or going into B2B. That's what I was more curious on. Ooh, patience. So just like... Can confirm, yeah. I have no patience and I've never served <laughs> in anything in my life. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're training the Afghan National Army, you build patience very quickly. So patience, I mean, other than that, obviously the discipline needs to be there. Um, kind of more natural, but it's hard to transition from military police to marketing sales and just being a founder. You did right? it. And that, that's what I think, that's what I love about founders mm-hmm. at, at small companies, big companies. They have the most interesting career journeys and I think that's why a lot of them stand out because they have their experiences and, yeah. and that's what brings differences. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my corporate career has directly influenced what we're doing at Grove Cookie Company because, again, it's not standard for a cookie company to go, yeah, we're going to ship cookies. That's going to be our main focus. Um, and that's what we're going to do. It's like, no, the traditional way of a cookie company is brick and mortar do your thing, local in the community, build a community present, go to the farmer's markets and, and do that thing. So we kind of flip the script and it's just a lot more fun. I mean, I feel like a little piece of me goes with each cookie send, especially when I hear feedback. Like again, your project, I mean, you know, you see the feedback and you see the reaction you're getting and it's, it's cool. It, it's fulfilling. That's what makes it fun. So we talked a little bit about one of the campaigns I ran. Are there any other just sassy or fun or, or crazy campaigns where you've seen your your cookies being used in a way you didn't expect? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like um, like we have a campaign going on. Um, it's monthly um, with Sendoso. Uh, one of their clients orders. Um, geez, what started out as. 400 dozen cookies a month has now grown to 750 dozen cookies a month um, for prospect gifts. So they're targeting healthcare practices um, across the country. And really, it was a pilot program. And now it's, you know, nine months in has developed into like a full blown pipeline generating marketing tactic and I hear the feedback. I see the Instagram posts. So that's what's really unique. So who they're targeting posts more on Instagram and we're seeing our cookies with their logos. So we put their logo on the cookie boxes and the custom gift message. And they're like, thank you XYZ company for the cookies. And it's some, you know, healthcare practice, you know, whatever in Chicago. It's just really fun to see like that. That's a fun project that we get to deal with every month. And uh, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of buildup because you got to obviously have the inventory for, 8,000 cookies and um, you know, it goes off without a hitch, get it out in six days. Cause we have a team of five at the cookie shop and um, that's probably the most fun project we have going on. So you have on. a team of five making all those cookies. Yeah. Yep. How, how fast do they make a cookie? Ooh, like- well, I mean, they use a scoop. So uh, we have a big mixer, so it makes 500 dough balls. 
they can scoop it all out in like 20 minutes. So, you know, a five hour, six hour work day, they can, they can. They can I want to see a, a time lapse video of, of, of this. <laughs> well, we just hired a social media um, team member. So we'll be having more LinkedIn friendly Instagram worthy uh, social media besides just static pictures. So um, we'll be working on that. Well, that's exciting. I'll be looking out for that. Yeah, yeah. We're excited too because I'm not the best social media guy. Again, I would disagree. I think you've done quite all right. Uh, I think many of our listeners would agree. Yeah, well, thank you. I just, I don't feel that way. <laughs> Shooting myself So humble. That's yeah, where we well, go. I try, I guess. But yeah, thanks. Well, it's time for our next segment, Spill the Tea with Lee. Where we spill the tea on all things B2B. That's right. This is the sassiest podcast for B2B, and it's going to get juicy. So one of the questions I wanted to ask is, working with your significant other can be a recipe for disaster or success. What's your secret ingredient for making it work in business, especially in the sweet world of cookies? Thank you. I thought that was... And apologies. I needed to make as many sweet cookie puns as I can here. You did a great job, Lee. You did a great job. Thank you. So, Thank you. Um, it's really funny. Um, my, work, my wife works at Adidas and uh, just a lot of corporate structure. But when we first started out, like, of course, no one knows what I'm going to do because I'm not from a sales or marketing background. So my wife was little, didn't want to let the leash off just quite yet. So, you know, I had to go through checks with my emails, you know, doing like LinkedIn posts, doing all these like things because she just wanted to make sure like the messaging was right. And just from a, a control standpoint, which I totally respect because really it's her company. Um, and just kind of like developing that level of communication that like, hey, you know, we're in this together. We're working on the same goal in mind, right? So the communication is basically to summarize how I felt. Um, my wife and I have like really like moved our relationship forward, even outside of cookies, is the communication. So when you're doing this from home, you can imagine your whole house turns into a cookie shop. And it's not a big house, it's a townhouse. Yeah, you just learn so much about one another and you learn about her drive what makes her tick even more so than just in a, a more conventional relationship. And, um, it's really cool to see like my wife works so hard, um, basically until we like had to move out of the shop and it's been kind of a process of moving her away from having to do any manual labor. Um, cause she made just shy of 40,000 cookies from our townhouse in that year and a half before we moved out of the house. So, I mean, she's, she works so hard. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think respect communication, you got to have it obviously in just a traditional relationship. It becomes even more amplified when you're running a business together. That's a great answer. So moving on, I am curious, how many cookies do you eat in a week? Ooh, well, you got to do quality assurance every week. So I at least have one. I had one yesterday. I'm going to have one today. You know, I, I don't eat too many. When we were doing this from the house, it was a little much. And before we were able to freeze the dough. 
So you'd basically have to make all the dough just for one order. And then all those cookies would sit out. And so they'd just be on the countertop over there. And I would uh, enjoy my fair share of cookies. Um, but no, I'm pretty good about it. I work out. I try to maintain as I get older. Um, yeah. Self-control. So what do you think the most amount of cookies you've made in a day has been? Oh, man. Like at the shop? You personally. Me personally? Oh, my gosh. Well, from here, uh, it's just a small six-quart KitchenAid. So I think one day I ran it like I did like three batches. And, man, it just takes so long. Because back then we were hand rolling the dough balls. Mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. So that was like 150-ish dough balls. And that took like six hours from cleanup. Yeah, it just was not fun. That's what I was going to ask next. What's cleanup like? Not fun. Not from your house. <laughs> but when you have a shop and it's bigger and you have a big, you know, three-compartment sink, it's way too easy. And a high-pressurized hose, like it's just way too easy in a bigger environment. How do you decide the next cookie flavor? Oh my gosh, it's such an intense process. I don't know, I just go <laughs> go online and go. The, the key is using ice cream mix-ins. So like if you go to like a frozen yogurt place, right? They have chopped Andes, they have chopped Oreos, they have, you know, sprinkles, you name it. Well, you just kind of figure out, well, what flavor is kind of theme related for the month or the season? And we do it. So next month is pumpkin pumpkin spice for halloween um it's really not has that been announced yet not yet but that's okay this is a breaking news people you're hearing it for the first <laughs> time psl is coming to grove cookie company get them before they're sold out yeah when are they when are they ready to be purchased october 1st october 1st put in your yeah. pre-orders now and drive drive everybody insane yeah so I mean, really coming up with new flavors, we're very fortunate that we don't focus on frostings. The cookie doesn't need to have that look that some other cookie companies go for. One, because we're shipping them. So you very difficult to ship iced frosted cookies um, without them breaking. We're very fortunate in that aspect. Plus, I like to keep things simple. So that's what I stress to our team all the time. Keep it simple. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to make this a repeatable business without me having to do everything. Um, and, and we've been doing a great job of handing some of those responsibilities off. So really, ideally, the, the move is to you know, make the team come up with flavors and run flavor tests and do all that. So they just tell me, hey, we're, we're thinking these three flavors. You want to come in and taste test them? Sure. And kind of decide from there. Do you have like a rainbow cookie cookie? Rainbow cookie, like sprinkle? Not not quite sprinkle, but do you remember those like little like Italian slash Jewish deli, like little rainbow cookies? Yes. Yes. Anything we like don't. that? No, we don't. Pride Month June. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, okay. We don't. Um, that'd be one to look into, though. But well, this, like... this actually is, is the more important question. What is your favorite cookie? And what is your least favorite type of cookie? Oh, and you have to least, pick a least favorite. My least favorite type of cookie is a hard cookie. So it doesn't matter what flavor it is, but if it's okay. a tough, hard cookie, no. 
Um, my favorite cookie is by far our snickerdoodle cookie, but it's not on our menu. So, is it coming to the menu? Mm, maybe it's um, okay. it's a tough one to make from just rolling it in sugars. Messy, doesn't ship well because now you got to keep it contained, right? So you're adding just layers of complexity. So we'll three x the price. Yeah, 3x the price. There you go. <laughs> and then people will start bragging about how they have this this classic like enterprise cookie that nobody else has. There and... we go. Yes. Mm. See, we can do like See, you're not so in SaaS, what people start doing is they make tiered platforms and tiered yep. products. Yep. So you'll have like the super elite cookies, the <laughs> like medium, the regular, and then you'll have like minis or something. Yeah. No, exactly right. So um yeah, I, for sure, Snickerdoodle. That was just a good cookie. So you mentioned, and you get this all the time, you get a ton of great feedback, a ton of heartwarming feedback. Have you ever received a weird customer feedback that made you go like, what? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's food, so people have their opinions. It's like, I don't like soft cookies. Well, it's like, gosh, I try my hardest on the website to like say like, out of this world, soft cookies, like this is what we do. So we'll get that feedback. There've been lots of trial and error, especially when we were doing this from our house. Cause the oven's not the oven we have nowadays. Um, you know, it's not commercial grade. So when we were doing it from a residential oven, this, the heat would be an issue. So you never like, we always veered on soft cookie side of things. So you never could quite tell if they're all the way done. So we've gotten feedback like these cookies aren't done. And, you know, you're sorry and you send them a new batch or whatever you need to do to make them happy. Yeah, I mean, other than that, not too weird of feedback. I get feedback on our website, but, yeah, nothing crazy. I do want the feedback. Like, if someone's like, man, your website was really confusing, I'd literally love response. Especially when they leave it on, like, our advertisements, our digital advertisements. I love leaving the comments open because I always like to ask for the feedback. Like, please enlighten me what was confusing so I can fix it and make it more clear. No one ever wants to respond. I don't know why that is. And I'm responding from the cookie company account. So it's like, I, I don't know how to fix things if you can't explain it to me. So like, sometimes I people don't want, want things fixed. I know they don't. Gosh, they just want to vent on the internet. So yeah, I'm just a big proponent of feedback. Like I tell our team that all the time when in our one-on-ones, it's always like, what can I do to make it, make you more successful? What am I doing? That's, not helpful. What am I doing to, to, to make things better? And that goes back to our clients, you know, are, are cookies doing what you need them to do, which is get you engagement feedback, right? Feedback makes everything better. You start siloing yourself and not getting the feedback. Even from a marketing standpoint, you lose touch with what's actually the importance of your product, um, and your service. So feedback for all you pros out there. Feedback is important, whether it's cookies, B2B, your relationships, this podcast. Yeah, always give feedback. But give constructive feedback. Give give context. I think so, too. Yeah, I think you can give feedback and be constructive, and it's a win-win for everyone. I'm interviewing right now. Um, I get tons of rejection letters, tons of, you know, interviews that don't land into opportunities. The helpful ones are the ones that give context that explain it was either filled internally or they wanted somebody X. 
yeah. Those those people are great. Most recruiters recruiters don't. They they use ChatGPT to send a a rejection template. Yeah, yeah, and that's annoying. Um, we're going through hiring right now because we're bringing on more bakers, and yeah, it's just, it's all about the outreach and just you know, hey, thank you for taking the time and being genuine for sure. Well, Grayson, thank you so much for, for your time. To wrap up, the, what what is the one thing people can do to make their cookies better? The one thing that people aren't doing? Ooh, don't bake them for so long. Underbake, let them continue cooking on the pan. So if right? the recipe says, like, X, is it just, like, five minutes less? Is it a percentage? How do we do that? Well, um, so, like, my favorite one is the Nestle Toll House, like, little blocks. So there's a secret if you're going to do your Nestle Toll House, make it two blocks into one, right? They say like 13 minutes. We always did like 10 or 11 minutes. So it's just kind of ga- gauging it based on your oven and, and what your preference is. But my personal opinion is uh, always be under baking. Don't overcook your cookies. You, you heard that here first. <laughs> Pumpkin spice is coming and yep. don't overcook your cookies. Yeah. Well, well, this was such a, a fun, fun episode. Grayson, where can people find you? Where should people reach out to you? Uh, what's next for you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Grayson Hogard. Fine Grove Cookie Company on LinkedIn. Fine Grove Cookie Company on pretty much every social media channel. And then we have our website, grovecookiecompany.com. Jeez. Um, other than that, I really don't have much else. <laughs> But uh, really appreciate you, Lee, for inviting me on and um, great podcast. Appreciate all your support. Yeah, well, I am hungry from talking about cookies, so I am going to go eat some cookies. Again, thank you so, so much. And you can find Grayson and these cookies everywhere you send gifts for B2B.